0: It. What's your favorite horror film from the last like I don't know three years? Let's see from the last three years. So that's like
1: we can call that like 2018 since 2022 yeah. just started. Yeah. I don't know. I mean maybe it was going to the movie theater of it all, but sure. I really, I really did enjoy um last night in Soho. Oh bet. Um, there, I mean, there are several others, but I, I think just because that one's on my mind, that's just gonna have to be my answer right now. Sure. <laughs> what about you?
0: Us was 2018, right?
1: Maybe. It's like I know roughly when things came out, but I don't. Right. Sometimes I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes if it's... I see a movie like in 2019, I don't. I consider it 2019. Which is wrong of me?
0: But Um, but yeah, okay. Us was us was 2019. I just checked. Okay, that or Parasite. Yeah, that's crazy that those came out in the same year. That's wild to me.
1: It was a good year for horror. Yeah, I mean, shit. Those are definitely up there for me too. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched The Night House?
0: Sure do. It was last night. It was. It was last night. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, 2021 psychological horror film.
1: Yes, that is the one nice. starring Rebecca Hall.
0: Oh yeah, love her. I'm Nicole. I'm Topher.
1: And we're the Horror Babes. Correct. And we're going to try something a little new this episode. We yeah. are thinking about implementing a little horror news section when applicable. We we realize there won't be horror news every single week to bring to you guys, but there there are a lot of really exciting things um, on the horizon here. So we wanted to talk a little bit about them.
0: Yeah. So we just watched a couple trailers this morning that dropped last week Mm -hmm. first off uh one we've been excited about we've been watching like it develop for a while now but Mm -hmm. uh one of our favorite directors here at horror babes ty west has a new film coming out in march
1: it looks really fun guys it looks like a very um i mean it's a24 so it's vibey as hell yeah it's got a very (laughs) specific aesthetic to it and um yeah, you guys should definitely check out the trailer. What's it called again?
0: It's called X. Um, oh, we've got yeah. Britney Snow, Kid Cuddy. Yeah. Um, it looks really, really great. It's like a, what would you say, like Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? Because they're, say they're that's, making a porno.
1: That's the correct intersection. Nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it
1: looks really cool. And I'm stoked for it. I am too. And the the second one that we looked at was uh, the Final Destination reboot, which.
0: So I looked at it, it's not a reboot. It's okay. actually it's within the universe. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I had heard reboot. Everybody kept saying reboot, but no, it. Uh... Those
1: words are so easily interchanged and totally. confused all the time. So I don't blame you. Yeah, and that one looks. I mean, it looks like Final Destination, which means like... I'm
0: front row, ready to go. <laughs> so I mean,
1: it, it's Final Destination is one of those. Um, uh, horror series, kind of like Saw, where like it does what it says on the tin. You know what you're getting yeah. yourself into. You're sitting down to watch your greatest nightmares come alive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we we all know what we're going to get. We're probably going to be surprised within that realm, but um, totally. Not nothing. Nothing looks too out of final destinations already very successful formula so yeah
0: they did show us one of the deaths which was i was i was like ah man don't put the deaths in the trailer like
1: there might that might just be what the whole movie is and they don't have a choice sure there might not be other <laughs> they footage might just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh,
0: but yeah no i'm really excited um we've got a cruise ship this time you know yeah we've done airplane uh traffic <laughs> uh amusement park like. we, we've done every way that you can
1: uh get around here
0: yeah it's all planes trains and automobiles yep
1: <laughs> so that's your horror news for this week
0: yeah yeah i'm excited that's going to be out sometime this year i don't think we have a release date yet
1: and for the tie west film it's out in march
0: yeah march 18th of yeah. 2022
1: we'll definitely find our butts in some seats then at the theater so apart from that in case you're new here, we're going to be following our same format as usual. I will let you know what that is. Topher will be taking us through who made this thing. Shout out the casting and crew, and then mm-hmm. I'll take us through the plot. Correct. And then in our third installment, we will be talking about said plot and themes of the movie. So, Topher, who made this thing?
0: A guy. Uh, it's, a, it's a team that like consistently works together.
1: Okay. That's um, pretty yeah. standard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so David Bruckner was the director here. Uh, you would know him best from VHS, where he did uh, Amateur Night, mm-hmm. the first uh, first segment of VHS, right? With the demon um, that did get eventually uh, adapted into a full length film um, called Siren. Mm. Um, but yeah, he did the ritual for Netflix. Um, he has something. Uh, he had uh, uh, VHS ninety four, which just came out last year as well. Um, and yeah, he's gonna—he's on the helm for uh, Hellraiser, nice—the new Hellraiser movie, great. And then uh, Ben Collins and uh, Luke Pietrowski are the writers here. They have been—they've worked with him consistently, mm-hmm. like time and again. As you said, we've got Rebecca Hall in the lead as Beth. Um, she's probably best known for Iron Man Three or The Town. Sure. She was also Vicky in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Right. Um, she's a fantastic actor. I'm a big, big, big fan of hers.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll certainly stay tuned to hear me sing her praises, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Sarah Goldberg as her best friend, Be- uh, Claire. Um, from,
1: uh, from Barry.
0: Yeah, yeah. She plays Sally in Barry. Yeah. Um, uh, she's... Also a great actor. She's very good in that show. Yeah.
1: She's very good in this, too.
0: She really is, yeah. We've got Evan Yonigkite as the, uh dead husband sorry spoilers you might, have, uh, <laughs> you might know
1: him from sweet bitter that's where i recognized him he and i know him Will.
0: From days of future past yeah or he was also he was also an easy for a long time but yeah he plays uh owen in this yeah and then finally it's really uh, we've only got like two other actors in here um stacy martin as uh madeline our uh, mysterious woman in the photos Ooh.
1: um
0: again fantastic she was really solid in this um I knew her from Nymphomaniac, and this movie I really want to see, Vox Lux, where Natalie Portman plays a pop star. Mm. Um, and finally, for actors, we have the absolutely amazing, one of my favorite actors ever, Vondie Curtis-Hall as mm-hmm. Mel, yep. or, uh, Beth's neighbor.
1: Speaking of great actors, there we go. Yeah,
0: like he hit, I mean, I know him best from uh, Romeo and Juliet, the yeah. uh, Baz Luhrmann one. So good. Where he plays Captain Prince, and he's so good. Romeo must be banishing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The music was from Ben Lovett. Again, he works consistently with David Bruckner. Um, He did The Signal, which was Bruckner's debut feature. He did The Ritual. He did this uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow from Jim Cummings. Mm -hmm. Cinematographer was Elisha Christian, who has shot a lot of things. Um, he's been in the business forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say his most famous is um, In Your Eyes. Okay. which Really good movie. And finally, for our editor, we have David Marks, who did Last Black Man in San Francisco. He was on Spider-Man Homecoming, Beautiful Boy. He's, again, like another guy who's just been here doing the shit for a while. Yeah. This originally premiered at Sundance of uh, 2020, but <laughs> something happened right after
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this came out. Um, it was it was supposed to be out at the same time as the movie we covered last week, uh, Censor.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and ended up doing exactly that. They both premiered at Sundance in 2020, and finally got a release. Uh, in the middle of uh 2021. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so this came out of August last year. It's a pretty long runtime. It's 110 minutes. Um, hmm. Uh, and it made 15.2 back in box office. I'm not sure what the budget was, but I can't imagine it was too crazy.
1: Yeah, no. I'd say um, at
0: least probably made its budget back. Yeah. Um, but that's about enough from me right now. You want to tell us what happens in this movie?
1: Sure. So, we know Beth, um, played by Rebecca Hall. She's just lost her husband, Owen, to suicide. Mm-hmm. She's devastated. She spends her nights drinking and going through Owen's belongings. She tries to seem stable and in control, but her friend Claire and neighbor Mel are very concerned for her... Owen's ominous suicide note: "You were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now." Perplexes her. Yeah, believe it's, it or not, it's, it's a it's a
0: strange note.
1: <laughs> she begins to suffer from strange supernatural events at night and finds a strange reversed floor plan for their house.
0: Yeah, because and to be clear, like Owen built the house. Yeah, this, he designed it. He built it. Everything. Like this is supposed to be their place.
1: mm Hmm. Then one night she discovers a photo on his phone of a woman who looks kind of like her, and suspects Owen was having an affair. And then after a night out with Claire, she's uh, Beth's pretty drunk. She reveals that she actually died for four minutes in a car accident a couple years ago, and saw that there was nothing when she died.
0: Yeah, um, it's (laughs) this reveal is it's funny because it's just so melodramatic as a con. Like, oh yeah, I died for four minutes.
1: A lot of this movie, or not a lot of it, some of it really feels like an episode of Criminal Minds or CSI. Yeah, um, a little bit. Not all of it, but like, yeah, we have moments. Um, <laughs> Owen always disagreed with this, and he was close to changing her mind before he died. Owen was the optimist in the relationship. Totally. Believed in, you know, things, Some sort of higher power, Some yeah. sort of higher power that there's something after death. and And a huge point in this movie is that he never displayed any sort of Um, signs of depression. He never spoke of, you know, sadness or anything. Beth Any sort of self-harm, yeah. Yeah, Beth claims that was always, like, me. My thing. Owen was always the optimist and all of this stuff. Um, Right. So the suicide came as a big shock. And then, yeah, Beth, you know, confesses to, you know, she's she's suffering from depression. Um, Owen started sleepwalking and she thought she'd passed her negative emotions to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that night, she's awakened by a supernatural presence and witnesses several frightened women fleeing through the woods. She finds blood on the boat where Owen shot himself and feels an invisible presence. We've also seen bloody footprints coming from the dock, like all these things. Yeah. Um, I also have to mention this amazing scene where this... She's a teacher, and where this, like parent comes in and is like my son got a C in your class and I wanted to know why and she's just like who and she's <laughs> like oh hunter and she's like I have several hunters this year and she's like oh this is his last name and she just looks at her like nope and then she's like I just want to know why he got a C and she's like well uh you want to be here you go yeah and she's <laughs> like wait that's not what I came here for she's like I want to know why and she's like listen lady my husband just shot himself in the mouth and killed himself. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck what random hunter made in second period speech class of an elective that he you know, she was like, You want an A? You came here for an A, here's an A and she's like, a B is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. God,
0: Rebecca Hall just is just is a master class in this scene.
1: It's amazing.
0: She's so good.
1: But anyway, that's earlier on in the movie where a little bit further than that she crosses the lake to investigate a strange set of lights and she discovers a reversed copy of her and owen's house and sees ghostly figures of women with owen she passes out and awakens in her own house and then she looks for the reversed house again and finds it although this time it is unfinished and empty she retrieves a strange statue from it and confronts mel who claims he never saw the house, but once saw Owen in the woods at night with a woman who looked like Beth.
0: Yeah, and the statue is
1: dope. It's pretty crazy. What you say? It's, you thought it was Lilith?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's explicitly like some sort of misunderstanding of voodoo and occult in the in the movie. Um, yeah. But the inspiration for it, I'll talk about that more later. But yeah, it's um, from the story of Lilith. Yeah. Um,
1: So then Beth decides to search Owen's laptop and she finds more photos of women who look kind of like her. And then she identifies the statue from one of his books as an occult voodoo doll, like you said, and determines that Owen was trying to learn how to trick and trap demonic entities.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Our boy is smart. Yeah, this is how I was like, uh, in the middle of the movie, we're kind of not sure where this is going to go. And I was like, it's going to go demonic. It's totally going to go demonic. Yep. And then it did.
0: It sure did. And
1: then Beth finds the bookstore where Owen bought these books and encounters Madeline, one of the women from Owen's photos, who denies sleeping with him. And then Beth visits Claire, who asks her to spend a few days away from the house. She agrees and heads home to pack where she threatens the ghost in the house. Madeline arrives and tells Beth how Owen invited her to the reverse house, and when Owen kissed her, he attempted to choke her, but apologized after... She panicked and drove her back home, and then a drunk Beth visits the reverse house, and under the floorboards finds the bodies of the women Owen photographed.
0: Mm-hmm. And it should be pointed out she's like loaded every night. Oh yeah, like she's she is pouring big old thirsty glasses of whiskey Huge. and just downing them.
1: Huge. And then the invisible force caresses Beth, and she hugs it, mistaking it for Owen's spirit, but the spirit reveals that it is not Owen, and shows her visions of Owen attacking and murdering the women. Sheesh. This entity drags her through the house, reveals that it was what Beth saw when she died, and identifies itself as quote-unquote nothing. It explains that it tried to convince Owen to kill Beth to bring her back to it, but he resisted. He built the reverse house and murdered the Beth lookalikes to try to trick nothing, but nothing realized the trick. It traps Beth in a position like a statue she had retrieved from the house. So this turns into like a weird, like like love story like where he was trying to protect her the whole time yeah by trying to literally trick the devil like this is some morticia adams gomez shit (laughs) except they probably would just like do they would probably just kill each other and then go be with the devil
0: i was gonna say like they would probably just start a throuple with it yeah just like it is there and they They'd fuck it.
1: quote unquote tango with it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but yeah, no, I do like this sort of weird. We have the fucked up love story on both sides because mm-hmm. nothing loves Beth in a fucked up way. Yeah. And Owen loves Beth in a very not fucked up way, but does powerfully like, do, do fucked up things to things, protect her. Yeah. yeah, to protect their love. And it's very interesting.
1: It is. And then the next morning, Claire arrives and sees evidence of a fight in the house. And then she discovers that the gun that Owen used to kill himself is gone. She rushes out to the dock with Mel, where they find Beth floating out in the boat with the gun. And we're kind of going back and forth between Nothing's Dimension and real life, I suppose. Yeah,
0: her sitting in the boat on the, on the lake, yeah.
1: Yeah, so when we're in Nothing's Dimension, the demon tries to convince Beth to join it and kill herself, but Beth decides to put the gun down and not kill herself, a triumph. And Me- as soon as she moves the gun away from herself, Beth returns to the real world, where Claire is swimming towards the boat to save her. Once she's safe and on shore, uh, Beth sees the outline of the demon in the boat. And when Mel tells her there is nothing there, she replies, I know. Oof. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this movie's got its moments. There's, there's, there's a, There's a... There's a the bones of something delicious here, right?
1: Yeah, there's something, there's definitely something good here. There's also a little bit of a mess to clean up here.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's long.
1: It's, it's a good one to talk about because it, there are definitely good things about this movie and there are definitely some things that could have been improved in this movie. So I'm going to start with the. Positive things, the things that I feel really worked well in this movie, and then we can kind of get into what doesn't, work. what could have been better. Yeah. Um, so first of all, like I said, um, Rebecca Hall is mm. a force in this movie. She is an incredible actor. She was the perfect person for this movie because if you had a weak protagonist here, or yeah, if you had a weak protagonist, I don't even just mean acting, I mean someone who has a strong presence, this movie would fall apart. This movie unintentionally falls on Beth's shoulders here.
0: Yeah, it really does.
1: And Rebecca Hall drove this movie and really made it what what it is. And on top of that, we've covered a lot of movies recently, like St. um and... Um, Censor. Censor, yeah. where our protagonist becomes an unreliable narrator. Yes. Uh, we're questioning whether they're crazy, whether like what they see is real and whatnot. What yeah. this movie does so, so well, and what Rebecca Hall convinces us of so well, is... We never mistrust her.
0: No, we. She, we is, she is fully telling us the truth in every scene.
1: We never have a reason to believe that she is crazy or that she shouldn't be trusted as our narrator because, sure, she spirals. Who wouldn't? But yeah, you've she's already been never, dealing with
0: depression and then your husband shoots himself. Like Right.
1: And all of this is unexpected. Everything's unraveling, all of these things. And then you start dealing with supernatural stuff. Like... Of course, she's spiraling, yes, but she never appears, even in her most, like, spiraled moment, she never appears unhinged.
0: Yeah, even though, like, we know that she's, like I said, she's constantly drunk. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, I still, yeah, I completely trust that she is telling me the truth as best as she knows it in every scene.
1: Yeah, and again, I don't think this would have worked with a, with... You know, an actor who isn't as strong as Rebecca Hall because she goes through all of the waves and the colors of grief all at the same time in one scene, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and we see all of those colors and she plays it so well.
0: Truly, truly. And I, I, I can't, I mean, there's other actors who could have taken on this role. Yeah. But fuck, does she just carry this movie so well? Like the, the gravity of her. Yeah. There's something about her, like, delivery of lines and her delivery of physicality. Yeah. That just reads stable.
1: Yeah, exactly. She is a rock, and you cannot, you could not have a flighty person or, you know, someone who just comes off as, like, a little bit meek. You couldn't. Yeah, that's couldn't the word I was looking this. for. Yeah,
0: you could not have a meek actor in this role.
1: No. I don't even think that someone like Anya Taylor-Joy would work. Strong actor, just wrong vibe.
0: Wrong vibe. Florence Pugh, same thing.
1: Yeah, strong actor, wrong vibe.
0: Yeah. It's something about, I don't want to say this explicitly, but like something about like brunettes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's a cultural thing, right? Where we've been trained, like in media, we've been trained that that's the way that strong people look. Um, but I would say, like, it, I would also put, like, Lupita could have carried this movie, of course. Yeah. She's a fantastic actor. No yep. problem. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's somebody with that sort of, like...
1: Gravitas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they, everybody they picked for this... Like, almost everybody they cast in this movie has gravitas. Like, I would say Sarah Goldberg's the only one who doesn't really.
1: She's the one who plays Claire. Yes. Yeah. I do love, though, that they made her character well-rounded.
0: Oh, 100%. Um,
1: just to, like, touch on that, that... Normally, in any genre of movie, if we have a best friend, that best friend's like not allowed to have a life. Yeah, they're not real. They're not real. They're only there to either advance the plot or, um, be like, you know, some weird like sidekick. But we, we, Claire's a full person in this, and I really appreciate that that the female best friend is right a full well-rounded person we know she has kids we know she has friends we know that she also she's also a teacher right they work yeah they work together yeah we know she has a profession we know we know a lot about her and the movie didn't take too much time on that so what i'm saying is that this movie proves that you can do it yeah it's one line when when (laughs) rebecca said when rebecca hall beth says to her no you shouldn't stay here you have kids yeah. that's already way yeah. more than we've been given in a lot of other right. so I really appreciate that they took the time and not even that much time to to just develop the side characters here so that we know them and that we care about them and that we know why these two people are friends <laughs> yes and
0: we see them be friends like we they're, they're like, out
1: together yeah-, they're, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it no it's it's seriously one of those things of just like, the, the, this movie feels lived in. Yeah. Which a lot of movies don't, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's the, to me, the biggest strength of this movie is that I feel like I understand this world. Yeah um i did love your comment though (laughs) what in the house of leaves
1: Uh, we were like in the middle of this movie when she's like going through the house and the mirror starts you know starts showing him abusing these women and assaulting the women and everything and i yeah i just yelled what in the house of leaves is going on (laughs) because <laughs> we have a reverse floor plan. We have, like, it all, you know, kind of comes together and makes sense at the end. And then she's always just, like, running through the house. We can see things through the mirror. But, yeah, and it's, it's dark. I'm just, I just had to say it. What in the house of leaves is going on. 100%. But, yeah, I think another, one more point I want to make that I think is pretty, pretty positive. I think it's kind of more of, like, a neutral point here because I do think that there are movies that do this better. This is in some way an allegory for grief, even like she's directly going through grief. But it also kind of um, tells us a lot about grief. Right. Like, I do think that Hereditary and um, Babadook Mm -hmm. do a better job of this. But um, this so this movie, she doesn't leave the house. Right. She doesn't go to stay at Claire's immediately. Right. 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 She doesn't. She almost does. She's like packing to leave, and then she. But that's when Madeline
0: shows up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She she is talking to the ghost too, so it leads me to believe that she, in a way, in like a twisted way, doesn't mind being haunted because at least it means she's not alone. Yes. She. It's that. It's that holding on thing Mm -hmm. where, of course, we learn that it's not actually Owen speaking to her, but she wants to believe that it is.
0: That there is something beyond life and if it is Owen's oh, spirit then fuck yeah she's soaked like she got her the love of her life back yeah, in some form or another and I think you're completely right about and that. And I think
1: that that's what hooks her and ties her to this house for as long as she stays there because I think without the grief element you learn your house is haunted you're like yo who's got a couch egg can crap on like I'll help you pay for stuff Um but anyway I think that so for the first half of this movie or maybe like you know second third of this movie or whatever i was thinking i was wondering where it was going to go we'll get into kind of you know the the pacing of this movie and the structure right. and the down you know kind of its downfall but i so almost halfway through i was i was wondering if maybe she's really searching and trying to find and put together all of these puzzle pieces because some there's a quote where uh, that someone has said where it's uh, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it.
0: Right. You're going right. to find
1: something. So she wants to uncover his secrets because humans naturally like a narrative. Humans want a cause yes. and effect. Humans want a reason for everything we happening. We build a story around we things. We build a story around things no matter what. It's just how our brains are wired and... So for a while there, I was wondering maybe if she's really reaching here and really just trying to um, find meaning in all of this, which I think part of that is true. And I think that that's a part of grief here where a lot of people are who are going through a very unfortunate time and they're grieving and all of this stuff, um, they have to know why. There has to be a reason why to find closure when sometimes just bad shit happens.
0: For no fucking reason. For no fucking reason.
1: For no fucking reason. But I'm I I think that she's really just the whole reason this movie even exists is she's searching for a reason of why he killed himself when he never showed any sort of signs of depression. He was Mm -hmm. the optimist in fact. He showed kind of, you know, the opposite of hopelessness and all of these things and then all of a sudden he you know? Yeah. So I think that what um, is the catalyst for this movie is the human nature of wanting a cause and effect, a narrative, a reason why.
0: Totally. It's, um, I. that's again, I. We've, we're talking about the strengths of the movie right now, and that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes through because of Rebecca Hall's performance. Yeah. And I think what is also great about this movie in the writing is that her friends, her family that, she, that lives around her, not gaslighting her. No, no one says, you're crazy.
1: They're very concerned. But yeah. nobody, everyone's listening to her. Yeah. Um,
0: that's, what I, that's sort of what I mean by lived in for this movie. Yeah. Is that it's a world that makes sense. And it's yeah. a world where people take you at your word and believe the things you're saying. Again, that's why I don't, That's we were talking about how she doesn't feel like an unreliable narrator. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because no one's telling her she is. That's true this isn't it's not like in saint Maud or in last night in soho yeah or in censor where everybody's going no you're crazy they're mm-hmm. all going look i will take you at your word that things are happening
1: it's nice to see that someone who's going through grief um has supportive people and it's nice to see that yeah. in their in their lives where i mean maybe if she just all of a sudden started doing all of this and it wasn't from her husband. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would be like, yo, yeah. Yeah. I think you're off the deep end a little bit, but I think because they know what she's going through and how, um, I mean, it's grief is one of, one of the craziest things to go through Mm -hmm. in your end. And it never leaves you. So I think that they are just like, okay, she's, Um, we're going to keep a close eye on her, but we're not going to, we're going to listen and we're not going to tell her one way or the other. We are just going to support her and keep an eye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is the right thing to do in this circumstance. Don't gaslight someone because that's going to make them push you away and then you can't keep that close eye that you probably really need to on
0: this person. No 100% it is about it's it's there's some just clever writing in this movie like it is it's smart it's a smart movie and like having the inciting incident be a a surprise uh, suicide having her support system be like you can take time you can stay with me you can do this Mel coming over to check on her all the time like Mm -hmm. that's good lived that's the, again that's, that's back to that lived in thing and then when you when we are feeling this grief and loss that all of us have felt in some way or another yeah then you get this nice flip of she's not being haunted like you were saying yeah. she's the haunting yeah. right and there's i think that's the only allegorical part of this otherwise it's a very literal movie
1: yeah
0: um like it, it's a transparent movie um
1: yeah, no, it definitely is.
0: But I love the only allegorical part of it being that when we we are not haunted by things, we haunt things, right? We yeah. haunt our own spaces. Um, my, I mean, shit, my grandfather felt that way when my grandmother died. It was, mm. he felt like he was haunting the house. He didn't want to have the house anymore. It was theirs. Now he lives in an apartment. He doesn't haunt the apartment. The apartment doesn't haunt him it's a different space
1: absolutely and again I love the representation of what you should do when someone's grieving give them mm-hmm. space to to speak give them space to not speak give them you know um, so I, I really definitely appreciate that about this movie and I don't know moving on to maybe some of the things that didn't work as well yeah
0: so the pacing um, yeah the pacing is atrocious. This movie's it's twenty rough. minutes too long.
1: Easily, yeah, it's it's a little rough. I I really, by the second or third night, whatever that she's haunting herself mm-hmm. or having these these moments, I I didn't need any of that. Like I needed maybe one or two and make them, it's over make them making shorter. It's overmaking its point. It's overmaking yeah. its point there, and it yeah I I did not need all of that. Um, I almost said content, but it really isn't even content. It's kind of fluff.
0: That's the yeah, exactly. It's because it's fluff. not
1: scary. It's not especially scary. No, it's not. I was waiting for a jump scare this whole time, which I don't even really like. You know my feelings on jump scares. Same. I only like them when they're earned, and I felt like they were earned here, but they never happened. Yeah,
0: it's it. This movie is a little it was bit weird. It's a little blue ballsy, right? Yeah, a little bit. And I I, I hate that term as it like it exists, but that's what I, what we're describing. Like it is like it's an it's a it's a edging movie. And it never really pays out. So it ends up being closer to just like a straight up and down drama with supernatural elements.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: And like, it's not easy to scare us anymore. Yes, everybody gets desensitized. But there's plenty of movies that have done it. Last Night in Zoho scared me. Um, Right. The Evil Dead soft reboot sequel, whatever, 2013 one that we love. That scares the shit out of me. I've seen that movie six times. It still scares me. The thing still scares me. I know when the thing is gonna pop out. I know when. <laughs> I know when he puts the little thing in. Sometimes there,
1: that it's... makes it worse. I honestly yeah. think that when you know, or when you're, you know, suspecting it, it makes it worse because of the anticipation. But sorry, the
0: anticipation. Patient. Patient. Um. So. <laughs> But this movie was all anticipation and just, like, left us no sort payoff. of sitting there. Yeah. And it, there were so many solid plants that, like, why didn't it pay off, you know? Yeah. Because um, it just, it, it doesn't deliver on what I think it wants to be. Or it wants to be a uh, a, like, pensive drama. Yeah. And I think that it's not that... It is, yeah. literally speaking, but it's not that. Like, yeah. it is a horror film. It's structured like a horror film. No,
1: it definitely is. It's it's completely set up that way. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. Again, every single night where she was... um, Like, I, lo- I love the structure of haunting films in general, usually, be- where we get kind of like their normal day-to-day life and they're kind of explaining to their friends and everything what happened and then the friend gets to make the choice of are you going to gaslight them or are you going to believe them and offer them space or, you know, whatever. Um, And then at night is when you get, you get the heart in the day, you get the spookies in the night, right? And this didn't really give that to us where, like... Like, I know you don't love this movie, but, like, The Exorcism of Emily Rose scares the shit out of me because during the day we're, like, in court and it's fine. It's, like, whatever, law and order. And then <laughs> and then at night, it's fucking terrifying when she wakes up at 3 a.m. and we don't know how she's going to contort or, like, sure. fucking, you know. So, you it's, it's, again, the anticipation. You know what's going to happen at night. Yes. And it's going to be scary. But this, again, I think the, uh, for lack of a better term, blue balls... Is, mm-hmm. is kind of a really great way to explain this because yeah, again, like the night parts when we're expecting them to be very, very scary were not. Yeah. And I don't think that's us being desensitized. I do think they were good at making it like kind of eerie and providing more questions than answers. So I get that, but I was really just waiting f- to like shit my pants.
0: Yeah, right, because <laughs> I felt like they'd earned it and Bruckner's good at that. <laughs> Amateur Night scares the shit out of me. Yeah. That's a really good short film. I, it's not my favorite short horror film, but it's it's a solid opener to uh, VHS. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really well done. Yeah. So, I know you can do it. Yeah. When, like, when you realize that she's a succubus in that, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, but like it's it the was potential like, was there, but yeah, it just didn't. it's just spent. It spent too much time on the drama of it, and the drama of it is very good. If this had been an up and down drama, would have fucking loved it. Yeah, but it it's not. It's a horror film. It's a haunting film. I love that it starts in Medias Race that we don't get the. I moved into a new thing and now I'm haunt. Now I'm being haunted. No, they've lived in that house together for years. He built it for her.
1: I do love kind of the underlying heartbreaking um, idea that he knew this this whole time. Right. Um, that this entity wanted her. And so he was tricking it this whole time with women that looked like her. And he was probably breaking his own heart having to seduce these he's, women, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it sounds like
0: he's a, like, stand-up guy.
1: her. And then when you think back even further... He probably built this house so that she would be okay when he decided to off himself. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like no, it's I, I fully believe that. And it's and and that is that is where when you kind of dig deeper into this movie, you see again, it, like it has a lot of heart. It's doing a lot of things right, but yeah, the pacing, the structure, and just kind of the lack of spooky is it's, is where its yeah. downfall really is it, it really didn't need to be as long as it was
0: yeah and if it had been scarier i would be fine with the length oh yeah but if you, if you like it's 110 minutes is not long
1: it just it's, felt long yeah that's it's, the problem it, it's
0: close to two hours fine but like
1: it just felt
0: like it was forever
1: it felt like it was <laughs> never gonna make its point
0: yeah and it yeah it was really that and i just was like when a movie feels like that, my immediate reaction is shit or get off the pot. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to go on forever because I want it to in- I was like, I wanted it to end, mm-hmm. which sucks. It's a bad feeling to have in a movie. And even though I was enjoying a lot of it, there was too much of the same thing.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um,
0: it's And it's just bad writing. Like, that's how it goes, you know. Um, and sometimes you don't know that until you've shot the movie, you know.
1: Yeah, and like, I want to be clear. Read this is on the is, page.
0: I'm sure if I read the script, I'd be like, "This is dope."
1: Yeah, and I want to be clear. This is definitely not the worst movie that we've seen, even in the last year,
0: even in the last month. Yeah, because I is, I hated Censor.
1: Yeah, that wanted to
0: love it. Great. Fucking hated it.
1: Yeah, so like. I mean, take that for what it is. You know, it's this this movie's still worth watching for sure. And and I think that there is a diamond in here. There it, is there is a a diamond in the rough. If you strip away all of this,
0: that um, has been the that has been the unintentional theme of of January, like December, has, January, yeah. yeah. Because we said the same about Saint Maud, we said the same about Sensor.
1: There is a golden nugget somewhere in here. Yeah, we there's a lot to... of promise,
0: and and I, Bruckner's a good director, and I I will watch whatever else he makes next. Yeah, um, I liked the Ritual.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not writing anyone off.
0: Yeah, it's it's just one of these based it's, it's, on this movie. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely want more Rebecca Hall in horror films.
1: Yeah, no, she's great. She's a, such a strong presence. It's
0: yeah, she just has a weight as an actor.
1: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. hard to
0: find and hard to capture, um, but yeah. And the the shoot the shots were cool. Um, it's a little weak at points, but most of the cinematography I think is really strong, especially the final scene in the boat mm-hmm. with um, where it's cutting back and forth between Nothing's Dimension and, and the two moons. Yeah, the two moons, the Blood
1: Moon and the
0: and like the yeah. White Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, there's a lot. Like like you said, there's a lot of great things in here, but there's also a lot of shit. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, primarily it comes down to structuring. It comes down to editing. It comes... And, and editing in the writing process, not in the uh, cutting room. Yeah. So, yeah, this statue, right? Yeah. Um, I, I tease it. Freaky. The, yeah, Looks terrifying. like
1: a weird yoga pose.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's a woman's body with nails uh, pierced through it. So there is a misconception that Adam had a wife before Eve called Lilith. That right. is a a semi-feminist or pseudo-feminist reimagining of
1: Lilith of Lilith Fair?
0: <laughs> that's, From the I mean, 90s? That's what it's a reference to. That's what Their I name. Yeah. Um, but Lilith was supposed to be the wife of Adam before Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see this th- So he's it, the
1: homewrecker? No, that's there's there's a whole saying. other story
0: that goes with it that like Lilith uh, was evil in some sense or like maybe a fallen like there's a whole different things. Uh, it turns out that's not what it actually says in Hebrew, but um, it was a misinterpretation and mistranslation.
1: One of many. Yeah,
0: shocking. <laughs> um, but it is a cool story. Like we saw it in uh, you see it in Evangelion uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion the mm-hmm. uh, amazing uh, Mecca show from the nin 90- or anime show from the from the nineties. Um. It's so that's when I, I that's what I was picking it from because in that show, um, I'm not spoiling too much, also that show's batshit. Um amazing batshit, but it's batshit insane. Right. Um so we see both Adam and Lilith the uh, I won't spoil what they are, but they are we see them multiple times and they are pierced through yeah. with different spears and things like that. And so and Lilith is always shown in like a bound. Pose, mm-hmm. um, as like a punishment or something like that from God, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really cool background stuff to the idea of Lilith. So yeah, the basically the background of Lilith is that she was Adam's first wife and was banished from the Garden of Eden, but for not obeying Adam, essentially. Um, weak, <laughs> right?
1: Eve was weak.
0: <laughs> so, um, Just kidding? Yeah, right.
1: Lilith was. Strong. Strong. strong.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's why she became this um, sort of uh, feminist I reimagining, right? Because she didn't obey. And she's also cons- considered a demon in some traditions. Sick. Yeah. Um, like, she will, you have to, like, I think it's in um, Faust. She binds people with her hair.
1: Oh, like a Medusa moment?
0: Kind of, yeah. I mean, I know
1: Medusa turns people to stone. But yeah. Like, the but snakes like, probably do something. Hair, such, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that I, I... I've always just found Lilith to be a fa- fascinating thing because she's very prominent in Kabbalah. Uh, um, she exists in some occult uh, Arabic traditions. She
1: sounds very misunderstood.
0: Yeah, so... In, in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, she is literally misunderstood um, in that Lilith is no one. Um, it was, a, like I said, it was a mistranslation. So it comes from, um, I, I want to say it's Akkadian,
1: uh-huh. um,
0: but it's Lilitu. Okay. Which ref- it's like, and so when you, the, she's referenced in Isaiah, um, that's the only time we see her mentioned in like the traditional um like what you would call the Old Testament, uh, but like rabbinic traditions and things like that as well. Right. Um, and in Talmud. So what the, here's a, here's a translation of the verse, right? Okay. So it's the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the jackals and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. Night creature is mm-hmm. Um And translates to Lilith, but it's a Lilith. As in, like, a, it's a species of creature. Oh. So the night creature also can... It's uh, occasionally translated as screech owl. So, like, a desert screech owl, right? mm mm-hmm. um, But it ends up becoming um, lila, which is a, a cousin of Lamia. Okay. Which we talked about when we yeah. talked about 13 Ghosts. And a Lamia is... We had that whole discussion of that. But is yeah, it's a Middle Eastern, Near Eastern... Um, like Night Witch, essentially. Ooh. Right? Um, But yeah, it's it's typically translated as some sort of bird demon.
1: I'm going to need someone to make a movie about that. Someone good. Because that could easily be really terrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It could be awful, but it would be dope.
1: What's, um skateboarding dj girl walks alone home alone and i doing
0: uh she could kill this
1: uh yeah
0: on a lily armor yes that's right. please listen to our podcast so and sorry hang out for with blanking. us but also
1: <laughs> just blanked on that name but yes i nominate
0: <laughs> skateboarding lady Pip. <vampire>. listen <laughs> it's a perfect description don't get me wrong it's just a funny one
1: listen i nominate her
0: uh i'll second that <laughs> But yeah, so that's, that's, so yeah, it ends up being a mistranslation. Um, Everybody's like, oh, Lilith is a person. And then there's a whole like rabbinic tradition around it, which comes into more scholarship. And then the idea of her being this feminist uh, icon comes around like the late 19th, early 20th century, I want to say. But yeah, um, that's Lilith. Hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole's new favorite thing. (laughs) Maybe. I feel like anytime I talk about any sort of new witch or lady demon, you're just, like, horny.
1: I wouldn't say horny, but, like, I... I would. I mean, you gotta feel some type of way when someone says Middle Eastern Night Witch. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> like, fuck.
0: Uh. But... <laughs> Sorry, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's about all I have to really say on this movie. Um, it's it's worth a watch. It's yeah. certainly something with promise that, yeah, it, it doesn't satisfy as much as it ought to. It is definitely, yeah, edging the movie. Because yeah. I kept wanting, I wanted jump scares. And I they did. Didn't. I, and
1: I've never felt that way in my entire life. It's fascinating. I don't know.
0: What are your final thoughts? Sort of tie it up in a little bow.
1: Tying it up in a little bow, which I'm very bad at. Definitely worth a watch. But yeah, like you said, I wanted I wanted more from this movie. And just like our unintended theme of January here, there is a nugget of gold in there. If, you know, which makes it worth the watch. I think it's a really interesting idea. And maybe if that sparked an idea in someone else, we would get an even better movie. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I um, acting phenomenal writing and pacing and structure. Not so much.
0: Yeah. And like I said, there's some very clever moments in the writing. Um, yeah, I think it's that not I, all bad. No, and I think that the, it, it's also well directed. Like I don't mm-hmm. have an I actually have no issue with the directing of this. Yeah. I think everything about the direction was perfect. I think it's the script that's not right.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that that pretty much concludes it for me. So you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we, are on, we have a little website called uh, Horror Babes. One. Just a little one. Horrorbabespod.com. You can always find us there. Our DMs are always open for requests. We've gotten several from you guys. And we promise we are going to get to those eventually. And Actually,
0: I think our next one is a request.
1: Might be, Yeah. Um so we're going to you know we we have you on our on our big long spreadsheet and we promise <laughs> we're getting to you and um yeah if you're if you're enjoying this little podcast of ours feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and until next time
0: bye, bye babes, babes. Ya yeah,